How's it going, everybody? And welcome to the Complete Dad Podcast. My name is Tom Kingwell, and I'm the founder of the Complete Dad and host of this podcast that you're listening to right now. If you guys really enjoy this and you get something out of us, let's hit it right off the bat and ask you guys to share this with whoever you think might get something out of this. Also, leaving us a rating and review would be really cool on uh, iTunes or wherever you listen. So it gets a bit more exposure. So haven't done any adverts at the beginning of the podcast for a long time. One more. If you guys are interested in having these conversations with us and really getting deep on these subjects that we've been talking about and becoming the complete man and becoming the complete dad, then come and join us at the Complete Dad Network where, yeah, doing the work, the hard work, and um, yeah, all the guys are growing in there, including you and me, which is what is so exciting. Um, and if you wonder who I'm talking to, I once again, I'm talking to my illustrious colleague and and co-founder Joshua. How's it going? It's going really well, brother. Winter is here. Winter is here, so it's cold as hell. Um, cold it's as not hell. even that cold yet, but it's just cold relative to how it was. No, it's good. I'm good. I'm I'm a little tired today. Hopefully, we can bring you energy today. But uh, it's good. Just got my ass handed to me at the gym. Uh, Jiu-jitsu. It's not mm. on my game today. Even even my training partner was like, "What are you doing? <laughs> You're getting creamed." I was like, "Yeah, well." Bad day in the gym, I guess, is still better than a good day in the office, I guess. So, mm. yeah, it's all good, man. It's all good. Yeah, but, You know, I, I I like that we're trying to get people into this group. We're getting up towards like New Year and all this thing. Mm. And, yeah, true. You know, someone <laughs> someone was talking to me about joining and he was saying, you know what I like? Because he was like, how many guys you got in there? I said, well, I'm going to be honest with you. We don't have a huge amount of guys in there. But I like that. He's like, no, that's what I want, too. Mm. I don't want 500 guys in there. Like, that's fine. But it's like. I want like 10 good quality guys. I'm like, yeah, that's where we're getting there. We're like, we got, it's a small, intimate little group um, where you can actually have some real one-on-one. Someone calls it like the cheapest therapy they can buy, right? It's like one-on-one. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I like that about it. So looks like we got a couple of guys we're talking about joining up soon, thinking mm. about they're starting to think new year and the season and the year off, right? I'm liking that. Mm-hmm. I'm digging that. Yeah, I it's funny. It's quite weird. I've, I've stopped thinking like that which is obviously a good yeah. sign, right? It's it's kind of like I've stopped thinking about New Year's, but I will start getting excited as I head into December just because I love that clean slate. But it's interesting that I have really been like that. I've kind of like every every Monday has become like a New Year's. Every day kind of becomes like that for me. It's like, yeah. okay, what did I do wrong yesterday? What went well? What didn't go well? Um, what can I improve? Um, where In which aspects did I not really show up? What can I do? So that's where you end up, which is great. You know, like every day trying to make a difference, every day trying to grow. But I definitely think that heading into the new year, I think it's because you cut, you kind of like start freezing in. I don't know. It starts to feel quite different. I've had a bit of a cold and it's super freezing outside. All of a sudden I had a bit of snow dropping the other day. So I think it's the new year's can kick your ass out of hibernation because I'm just looking to the side here. Check this out. This starts happening as well, which is like the, the Weihnacht oh, like the, bakery, the, the Christmas bakery in up. Germany where... My wife yeah. just starts baking like multiple cookies with multiple groups of people, including the children. So it's just big time cookies and stuff. And I think that all that festive season and the cold, especially here, the cold um, weather just gets you into that eating and drinking and stuff. And then you kind of need that kick in the ass at that time. Oh, so yeah. yeah, guys, if you are willing to join or wanting to join a group, I I know it's our group, but I just can't speak highly, highly enough of what the guys are doing in the group and what's been happening. I, I just, you know, the conversations every time I go in, no matter how I'm feeling, when I enter the conversations every Wednesday, and maybe we should tell the times right now that it's that it's five yep. o'clock Eastern time. So it's a little bit of a difficult for guys on um, the Western side of the United States. But once we get Canada. going with enough guys, then obviously we would 
you know, we'll make a call for yeah. that. And that's and that's the essence of why we want you guys to share this podcast and why we want to grow the group is that then Josh and I are able to spend a lot more time on the group and growing this because men need it. That's just, I need it. I never yeah. thought that I would need it so much. I've been part of other men's groups that are larger and I at times get the same as you, Josh. I'm like, well, I just want this thing to grow. And then there's a little part of me that goes, well, really, do I really want it to grow now until I can really replicate replicate what's happening in the small group uh, for multiple groups? And that's kind of where we're at. We want to do that. We want to keep the quality, keep the depth of conversations, keep the the connections that we have with those guys. I mean, I don't even know if you call them members anymore. Um, they joke that they're paying for friends. <laughs> yeah. But it's definitely not like that. It's definitely putting a little bit of money in and 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 seeing what can come out of just communing with other guys and speaking about your feelings and these kind of stuff. But anyways, guys, so check out the Complete Dad Network. So today I thought, you know, I was listening to this podcast and I just, I've been having this discussion with my students at school, Joshua, and I think it's such an important thing to talk about as dads because it kind of sets the bars for our life, right? We talk about setting the bar high, but we can set the wrong bars high and try and jump our whole lives and end up kind of dissatisfied all the time. You know what I mean? And so what is the measure of your success is such an important question, which we also answer in the group or we try to answer in the group and getting clear on that from the get-go so we don't keep chasing other people's dreams, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, man, that cuts. When you sent me a message, man, I want to talk about this. I was stoked because that cuts right. Because I don't know what the answer is. Maybe we'll get to it. As we yeah. talk, but as I've done this work, I can tell you, I know what the measure isn't. Yeah. <laughs> and there were a lot of things growing up that I just assumed to be this truth mm. that this is the measure of my success. The measure of my success is my bank account. It's the number of women that I sleep with. It's the kind of car I drive, the house I have, the watch that I wear. That was my measure of success. Mm. 100%. And it doesn't take very long, right? To get to the point where you're like, well, shit, I got all those things or pretty damn close. Hmm. And I, that just doesn't, that just doesn't feel right. So you're right. It, it Let's explore what that means. Cause I mean, I have some ideas and, and I think you do as well, just given the conversations that we have when we're not recording podcasts, <laughs> but it really is interesting. I think the first step is starting to help guys see through what isn't. I think an appropriate measure of success and that's not to vilify those things. Um, maybe trying to sleep with as many women as possible is maybe something we should reconsider, but you know, you know, all those things they're on their own. They're not horrible things, but they, usually they mask something else. I don't know about you. Almost everything that I longed for when I was younger, or at least that I thought I was longing for really just revealed something a lot deeper and more, intimate about myself that I just needed to explore and uncover. Hmm. Well, I never explored those things. And that's what I realized was the big mistake of youth. And one of the things that, you know, I did that post on what would you tell your younger self if you could a lot is the answer um, <laughs> because <laughs> All of that the things. <laughs> yeah. Because of that, just constant need for affirmation approval in whatever form it could come. And you talk about sleeping with women or women's approval, that kind of thing, or, you know, and then and then and then it's interesting because you become a father and you think, well, now I'm going to be responsible and I'm going to put this value, you know, I'm going to have my values right, and 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 it'll slip off the tongue, like, oh, obviously my family is my most important, but if you actually look at your time and how you spend it and how you are working on yourself and, you know, 
how much responsibility you're taking, how much ownership you're taking. Um, how you're looking after yourself in the name of that, you start to realize, well, damn, that's not my priority. My priority is still to feel good about myself. And even this fatherhood thing can become a little badge of honor, right? We even start doing things as dads to be like the greatest dad ever. You know what I mean? And at least there's a positive outcome of that. But I think when we're living for other people's affirmation, and that's kind of what it is, right? I mean, the the cars and the, the objects are kind of just symbols in the way that we feel good about ourselves, you know? If you've ever been in a in a fast car or a nice car, I've borrowed a couple of friends. I've never owned one. I own a nice car. I like my car. It's, it's a practical car. But if you ever have driven in someone's nice car, you know that feeling that you want people. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking shit. But no, I had a nice people, car, man. I, you I want won people one to when see I was you. young. You want people to see you. You want the music to be loud. You want to drive quick. You want to. There's something yeah. about it, and then you start to realize, like, hmm, there's your ego. And as I get older which is why it's so great if younger guys are listening to this to save themselves the trouble <laughs> is that you really start to recognize, like you said, what is definitely not the bar or what is not the measure of my success. And the, the lightness that starts to develop in your life, which is kind of interesting because you think you're getting older and well, you know, this is, you know, me reaching middle age, what's going on here. My body's not functioning as well, but you start to actually move with a with a spring in your step and a lightness and a, and a depth of connection. Because for me, when I started to take those things away, then I started to connect to the things that really brought me joy in a much deeper and more meaningful way. Yeah, I mean, I've never carried more responsibility on my shoulders right now than I have ever in my life. And I am way more comfortable um, mm. doing so than I ever have in my life because I'm not fighting it anymore. You just take it. You just acknowledge it as part of the responsibility. And like, I'm happy with that. You know, I think when I was young and I I thought I was going to take over the world and I wanted to be rich and I wanted to have the flash, everything. Truth is though, I was really putting off a lot of responsibility. I was really keeping it at arm's length. I wanted to be free. I didn't want to be held down. I didn't want to be tied down. I just wanted to make as much money as possible high, what is it? High speed, low drag. That's all I wanted. And what I just realized was that was just the masks. That was just deep, deep insecurities. And and it comes from a good place. I think like, you know, I I get the the question where everyone says, you know, what would you tell yourself if you were younger? And and I get that. I love the way that you, you answered. I was like, I am my younger self right now. Hmm. And a lot of people will say, and some people call it a cop out. It's like, well, I wouldn't change anything because it's what brought me here. <laughs> and I think part of that's true. I think part of that's true. But here's the funny thing for me is like, people did tell me that when I was younger. My dad was telling me that. My stepdad was telling me that. I had teachers and people around me telling me that. But I wasn't ready to hear it. So it's tricky because I think you kind of have to go through it. You have to. You almost, I, I think you almost have to go through it in order to be able to, to really learn the lesson. I, th- I think we kind of suck as men, generally as society, about really learning the lessons from, from other people's pasts. You know, I was, I was listening to a really cool podcast about history, and he was joking about how, well, we read history so that we can learn how to make completely new mistakes. Um, 
but I think part of that's true. But anyway, I, I'm just, I'm not entirely sure. I, you know, there's certainly things, obviously wisdom that I'm going to try to pass down to my kid, uh, you know, to my kids, but I, I just don't, I don't know if they're going to make all their own mistakes and whatever their thing is, I think they have to work through it. I think there's some value in the inferno of working through it. I don't know. What do you think? It's not, it's, I don't disagree with that. I think that kids have to work through certain things. But I was, as you were saying, I was just thinking about how important it is for us to actually make that change. You know what I mean? To start measuring our life in a way that really brings contentment. And that's the thing. Like, what does it bring? Because that's what what we judge it by is the fruit of our labors, the fruit of what we put value on is how does this make me feel? How do I operate in the world? And it's kind of more intrinsic things, right? It's things within ourselves that are kind of the things that you start to measure your life by. Now you start to measure your life by your wisdom, by your ability to just like for one, one for me is my recent ability to catch myself before I get angry or my recent ability to observe fear in myself. So it's weird things like that, that, Mm. You know, simple things like stopping. When I walk out the gym, I stop and I put my bag over my back and I just stand there for like 30 seconds and just look around me. You know what I mean? It's like these small, these small things that have suddenly added value to my life. But back to the point about our kids. I think teaching our kids this is whether or not they make their own mistakes, I think that we still can do them a lot of favors by helping them not value themselves by the standards that the world puts out to them, especially nowadays and you know people always go well it was there was always that villain of the past you know whether it was rock and roll or whatever it was or the 60s or whatever now it's cell phones i do think that social media and the the new kind of information age is really putting a lot of expectations on children or setting them up to kind of value themselves in in ways that are not connected with who they are and that's where we fell short is where we started to value ourselves through other people's eyes, through what we thought other people would think, through what the media was telling us, through some of just our drives, you know what I mean? Just those drives to get women, drive cars. There's something about it that I have to agree maybe is just part of being a man. You know, I'm not going to comment on what women want. I'm a guy. There's something that might just be drives in it. However, it doesn't really satisfy. So, you know, for me to get clear on this is seems to be so important because I don't want to pass that on to my children. I don't want to pass on that same kind of trauma response that I've had to trying to fit in, trying to get affirmation, trying to get a sense of worth from the things I earn, the money I make. You know what I mean? And we've all, we've all, most of us have been there. And I think that that's the area where I don't want my kids to really have to go through the fire because the problem is I watch a lot of kids that are at school in high school and all they want to do is get the grades, go to university and study finance. And I always wonder if that is really what they want to do. And send them to me. Start, I'll tell them it is yeah, not what to do. But, but once yeah. you start on that trail, because what I notice is then I, and then I know a lot of adults who can't get out of it, man. It's like, cause yeah. you look at, look at you, look at me. It's like, once you get on that path, man, it's not that you are, that you don't have to experience troubles that you don't have to go through, you know, challenges. We all go through channels with whatever we do. But to be stuck on a career path and a values path that you just can't, even when you realize like at 45, midlife, you're like, oh, fuck, this isn't satisfying me. That's where affairs start coming in. That's where buying the flashy Ferrari comes in. That's where doing all those crazy things that people do, you know, suddenly get divorced at the age of 45, whatever, comes from because they've gone on this wrong track, but they can't leave their job. Because they've got all the nice stuff. And what do you have to do to keep all the nice stuff? Yeah. Is you've got to keep living those values. And I don't want my kids to be 65 and looking back going, 
well, fuck. So that's the mistake I don't really want them to yeah. want them to make, to be honest. <laughs> no, I get you. And, and as you know, what I think maybe, you know, the analogy of like, you know, give a guy a fish, he'll eat and you teach him how to fish, he'll feed himself. The kind of parallel, I think, to parenting that I think, you know, I think you and I are both trying with our kids, you know, I reverse engineer my path. I always talk about this, this sort of Joshua 2.0 journey as like an awakening. Like it's the first time that I was really aware of these things, right? I was aware of my mindset. I was aware of the wake that I was leaving in the world. I was aware of something bigger than myself. So it's an awareness, right? And, and I don't need my kids to make the exact same choices that I made good and bad, you know, they're going to do their own thing. But I think you're right. I think, you know, this kind of came up last night, actually with my son, but I think that the point is to create an environment where they are aware and they have a healthy skepticism of the things that they're told they should do, you know, like being, I'm not going to tell my son not to watch YouTube. Well, I mean, I'll try, um, or I'll encourage them to do something else, but rather than creating this wedge between him and I about the things that he wants to do, I'd much rather have conversations around maybe why that's not the best use of your time, you know, and how do we challenge things? And, and a good example, like my son came into my room last night, we were folding laundry in the evening and he said, sorry to interrupt you, but I have a really important question that I can't figure out. And I said, sure. Cause he just sits in bed and thinks, and he said, what's more important, dad, the heart or the, or the brain? Cause like, your brain tells your heart and your body how to do its things, but without your heart, there's no blood and what works. So we talked a bunch of time. We're talking back and forth about this. And finally I was like, well, what's, what kind of assumptions are you making? And and we worked through that. And then ultimately I'll spare everyone the long dialogue that we had, but what we landed on was him realizing maybe that was the wrong question, right? Maybe, maybe they're both equally important, but the point is not that we got to an answer to his question, but that he questioned the question that he questioned the way that we were thinking about this problem that was racking his brain. And as much as I would love to teach them to live a certain way or to maybe avoid some of the pitfalls that I have, that I have walked into, if there was one thing that I could really distill down and wish that I could impart on them, I think it would be a heightened level of awareness about the way that they walk through the world, the impact that they have, and to have a healthy level of skepticism, not a polarizing level of skepticism, but a healthy level of skepticism around what they've been told is the way things should be. And that includes like, do I have to go to university? Do I have to get these grades? Do I have to get this kind of job? Do I have to get married? Do I have to have kids? Do I have to end anything? Just challenge that and question it and 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 then help them ride that edge so they don't turn into a bit of a cynical bastard that just takes a run at absolutely everything mm. no as as you were saying that i was thinking about some of the conversations i've been having with some students lately because exactly that it's just this why thing and isn't it interesting that when we talk about little kids it's like parents start getting annoyed because there's even this advert in south africa when i was a kid where it was just like this kid asking why like non-stop and and we tell them just to stop asking questions, you know, and as they get older, it's so interesting how they become less curious and they, they inquire far less and they accept far more. And this is the whole thing that I notice with the media is like, they will just blurt out like something like, uh, like, like Elon Musk is, is a scumbag now because they read something or Andrew Tate is freaking the devil. And 
you know, who Jordan Peterson, whatever, or whatever they read. Oh, we're pissing they, everyone off today. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm just saying that's what they read and they say it. And so the older they get, it's very interesting that they become, it's almost like it takes too much time to ask the question why anymore and dig deeper. When they were younger, they were so interested. And that's what I'm trying to bring back a little bit is to say to say to, say to the students. And it's kind of like counter, I don't want to say counterproductive, but it's kind of counterculture even in these days when it shouldn't be. It's quite crazy because if you look at the research of what education is supposed to be, it's, you know, if you look at the Greek origins of the word, it's like to bring out, it's like to bring out something in somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yet our education systems, no, no matter how advanced they are, besides the real people that are really doing it, it's a lot of lip service. It's a lot of lip service of like inquiry and, and curiosity because the end game is still a university degree and the universities control everything basically because the universities are controlled by the yeah. corporations that are still looking for a degree. And even though we're still moving in this direction where guys can make millions on the internet and kids know this, they still are not asking, why do I have to do this? Or why is school yeah. this way? Or how, how can I change the narrative? Because schools can only really be changed if parents and students really like start saying, no, this is not what we want, you know? And so that whole why thing of my children is is that's important. Even me is like you don't have to be rude to me, you don't have to be disrespectful, yeah. but start finding your own measure of success. And students can have these discussions from quite a young age where you start talking to them about you. And it's the same thing that I've said on maybe every podcast for the last three podcasts is know thyself. Like for me, it's the road begins with knowing myself because when I know myself, I know my values, and then I know. The measuring stick I'm going to use for my success. And kids need the earlier they start, the better. Yeah. I think. I agree. You know, when I was doing this uh, jujitsu course over a couple of days, the instructor, he was very much a why. We got to ask why, why, why. And what was funny was he said, look, look, we have some of these crazy innovative instructors in jujitsu who revolutionized everything. And then they got to a point where they got old. And they died and everyone reverentially is like, okay, we follow his doctrine. We do what he says. And, and it's blasphemous if you don't follow his lead. And he's saying, right, but that's stupid. Like you can, you can respect them. You could revere what they brought, but we revere them and respect them because they challenged things. Hmm. Do you think that that's what this person wants? And so whenever we, whenever we sort of challenge dogma or we challenge doctrine People get so up in arms, but I'm like, but most of the people that we respect or whose whose theories that we're challenging were made successful because they challenged someone else's theories. Or how many times do you look at some of the medical practices of the past? And hmm. at the time, they were pretty convinced those were the best things for you. And of course, you know, we realize now that they were wrong. You know, I think one of the, the best things for me to learn when talking to my kids about these things, when they ask something is to be able to be honest, if you don't know, <laughs> mm. and then show them how to find the answer, like praise them for the hard questions. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's what I would, what I would do. And so for me, like a measure of my success as a father to kind of tie it back in is to have a pack of children who have a healthy respect but also a healthy level of cynicism about the world and are really paying attention as they're walking through the world and understanding that everything they do and everything they say has an impact. It creates a wake and that they are not only paying attention to the world, but also really listening to their heart and understanding like, what, what does my heart really want? 
and having the courage to go deeper than some of the base stuff that a lot of society is telling us that they should want. Hmm. But I think that then circles back to us. You know what I mean? It's like, I just, I just noticed how much like modeling the behavior and the attitudes to the world makes a big difference, especially in the younger years. And I think that that's why fathers do kind of think that they're going to come back into the picture when the kids are older. You know what I mean? That's already the wrong yardstick. You know, this, I, I believe it's wrong Oops. Like to go while well, I'm, I'm going to make the money now so that, you know, then I'll have time later because I don't think you can ever make enough money and you can't make any more time. And so you come back in the picture when the kids are teenagers and it's like too late, they're sitting there on the phone and they don't care about you and they care all about their friends. So you ask yourself, well, how do I change that? You know, and I know Gabor Mate, um, in one of his books, he, he says that that keeping that relationship with the kids as long as possible is like one of the best things you can do for your children is to maintain the closeness with your children. And that's why he talks about cell phone and media being so dangerous because it separates us from our children eventually. And that's why I believe from a young age with our kids, we've got to get very clear on our, our core values that we do in the group. I mean, it's the first thing we do. We've talked about it before in the group. That's the first thing we do. Get clear on your values, get clear on who you are, and then Get clear on what you measure your success by based on your core values and who you are. And, and as, as we do the work in the group, and this is why it's so important to get together with a group of guys, whoever, or therapists, is to delve into yourself, to even discover yourself. You don't have to have some mental you know, illness or something to go to a therapist or have gone through depression. They just help you unpack yourself and to discover these, these truths that you need to follow because you know, there are, I would say there's a few of them that you and I could probably say across the board, if we're our husbands and fathers, I think that, that we can't deny that that is, you've had these children, that is your priority, your measure of success is this thing that I said to my daughter today. And I, I said it out of the blue. And I don't know why I said to her, it sounds kind of egotistical, but I said to her, I said it, I was thinking it, and I said it, I said, Oh, I would have loved to have a dad like myself. And although it felt weird at the time, as I walked with her into the doctor where we were going, I just thought, did I just say that? And that wouldn't have been true maybe a year ago. And it wouldn't have been so true. And the fact that I said that was not some like big, oh, look at me. I was just like, wow, man, I actually somehow believe that to a degree. And I think that that is, that is also a measure of like, if you would want to, wanted to have yourself as a father when you were younger, that for me is one of the things we could look at and go, okay. And that video I sent with you, which is like, which is one that I still, I'm still struggling with is, would you want to be? The, are you the kind of man your daughter would want to want to marry that you'd want your daughter to marry? I mean, that's the yardstick. That's like, well, well, man, that's the kind of guy really. But then you have to get clear on that as well, right? Because if you're valuing money and success and whatever, maybe guys will go yes and not really actually think about the emotional connection. So it's a lot of play and it's a lot of, it's a difficult job, but I think it will help for us to, as we wrap up here, is just to give practical things that maybe you guys can start with, you know? Yeah. And I, and you know, like you say that, and it put me on my heels because I'm not there yet. Yeah, I know. Like, and, and I'm not saying that in passing or just to like, to try and be humble. Like I was a dickhead this weekend. I don't know what it was. I was just yesterday. I was just brooding. I was not a good dad, not a particularly good husband, just down. And I was just really annoyed at shit. And, you know, I, I went to bed. I went to bed actually like really sad. And I was talking to my wife about it and, and, you know, what I loved is that she didn't feel the need to like placate. You know, I said, I just said, you know, I just, my kids were wearing me down today. I was exhausted. Something. I just felt like a really shitty dad today. 
And, you know, like I, you know, would have been easy for her to be like, no, you're a great dad. But it's like, she's like, no, I get it. It was a tough day. The kids were kind of being dicks. You know, we have to have the bad days to appreciate the good days. And she's like, I know you, you'll learn from it. That was huge. Like, I appreciated that. Um, so yeah, it's tough to talk today about like, mm-hmm. am I the dad that I would like, I had great dads. Um, and, and you right. can say that and have had great dads. Like, that's the thing again, is, is like, that's not to put your parents down, but yeah, like today, looking back on this weekend, I was like, nope, I'm not that guy yet, but I'm better yeah. getting there. I wouldn't say I'm there yet. It was just one of those days where I yeah. felt like that was, you know what I mean? It's like you have these periods. And 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 I also want to kind of like footnote that what I said as well is that that isn't the consistent feeling of myself. Mm-hmm. Yet, you know, it's, a, it's just that that was the first time that I kind of thought about it and thought in that moment, like, wow, okay, in the last couple of weeks or whatever, that started to be more of more of reality, you know, but it's kind of come with letting go a little bit as well of all the other things in my life. And I said, you have a, things are going quite well in various aspects of my life because it has let go of that measuring, you know, maybe that's the whole thing here as well. Like why are we always measuring our success? What do we have to measure our success or is success this kind of like water thing, you know, this fluid thing that just goes with where we are at at that time. And maybe we should be focusing on the result of success, you know, and that's why I say it's an inner thing is that, how do you know you're successful? And and maybe on the flip side, how do you know you're not successful in being successful in the game of life? And it's kind of a dirty word in a way, even itself, you know what I mean? Success, because when we get focused on success, we miss out on what the beauty of life. And I think that that's maybe for me is when, when I find life beautiful and I can share that beauty with my children and my friends and even my colleagues and bring that. And I saw this thing that I was reading the other day where it's like breathe life wherever you go, breathe life into any situation and breathe calm. And then I'm definitely not there yet completely, but I am finding myself more and more at ease. And when a student gets frustrated or impatient, I'm able to remain patient myself, whereas in the past I would have reacted. And so that's the calm. It's like you become the deep lake and you start to realize, wow, okay, so that's what it feels like. And that's maybe what we need to keep an eye on is when we have those moments where it just gels and I'm not talking about materialistic learning, but there's something within you that just yeah. comes together. It's like you brought all the chaos and it's like, it's like, you know, you when know. you really breathe and it's just that feeling. Yeah. Maybe well, it's I that. Think we, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think as men, we, for the most part, we underestimate how good we are and we overestimate how much we screw up. We just do. Like you sit in that group of guys, right? That we've got. Yeah. We're really good at tearing ourselves down. We're not so hot at giving ourselves compliments. And I think part of that is you know, going back to the value of the group. You know, when you talk about how do we measure, sometimes you have to have someone around you that has an objective, but vested interest in you doing well. Right. I love to see the guys in the group doing mm-hmm. well, but sometimes we'll call guys out on their shit. If they're maybe flying a little high, <laughs> you know, not maliciously, but we'll be there. But more importantly, we pull them up when they're feeling down on themselves and because we do, right. We have days where we're down on ourselves and that's where that group allows us to say, buddy, like, yeah, okay. Maybe that wasn't the coolest decision or maybe that wasn't the best approach, but we're telling you, you're not nearly as bad as you think you are, Mm. you know, and we bring everybody up. So I think, you know, the measure of success, yeah, you have to have your own kind of internal bellwether of, 
really getting down to the things that really, really matter. And I, and I'm very convinced the bellwether for me is the quality of the relationships that I have, Mm. how I view myself. Like, look, I'll rag on myself for how I acted yesterday, but I was, you know, it used to be where I would have said, I'm a shitty father, as opposed to today, I wasn't a really good dad. That's progress. Mm. When you can, balkanize it right success in itself progress that's exactly like i'm not i'm not owning this i'm not a shitty dad i had one bad day Mm. i'm not i wasn't very good today we'll get her done we'll fix it we'll learn from it we'll move on so how you know the the strength of the relationships with myself the strength of the relationship with the people around me and the strength of my relationship with my environment and when you can cut through all the material stuff all of the instagram stuff all of that when you really cut through it, I think it the the canary in the coal mine is the strength of your relationships. If you are at odds with the people around you all the time, if you're constantly fighting with your kids, if you're constantly fighting with your spouse, if you're constantly fighting with the people around you, dude, you're not living in equilibrium and you're not living in congruence. Like that's the bellwether. So for me, which is a really odd thing as someone who really took a lot of pride in being a kind of a lone rider for most of my life. I think for me, the measure of my success, just to kind of wrap it for me, and then I want to hear your take on it. For me, the measure of my success is the quality of the relationships that I have around me, because everything that I do, everything that I am feeds into that. And Mm. if the relationships that I have with the people that matter to me the most, and really discerning who matters and who doesn't, you know, do the people who follow us on Instagram, I love you guys, but like, you don't influence my day. The people who like or don't like my pictures or who put a comment on there, love you, respect you. You don't influence my day. It's my kids, my wife, my close group of friends. Mm. That's it. And when those relationships are strong, Mm. I believe that I can say that in the moment, life is a success. And it's a process because it can change Mm. at any moment. Mm. Well, I mean, I'm the same as you, I think. I'd just like to touch on a few things there, which is um, what you said there at the end is, you mentioned just a few either groups of people or people that are important. And for me, as you were saying that, I was thinking in, success is also cutting out that necessary and feeding that into the necessary and realizing what is significant and realize what is insignificant and realize where connection should be made and where connections need to be let go. And sometimes that's hard because because we look for affirmation and also because we feel guilty and we're not able to draw boundaries and we want to make people happy. We want to be the nice guy. We don't cut those things. And I think that that's a sign of success is where you are confident enough and have a deep enough connection with yourself and love for yourself and respect for yourself that you can start cutting things out and not in an arrogant, egotistical way, but just really in a way that you are able to form those connections because when you're a friend to everyone, everyone, you're a friend to no one. You know what I mean? You can't truly sew into those relationships deeply when you just are all over the place. You know what I mean? You and can't chances really... are good they're not good relationships, right? Like yeah. chances are good. Yeah. If those people are hanging on, yeah. it's like you're letting an asshole sleep on your couch. <laughs> That's not kind to you, nor is it kind to the people around you. You're, you're bang on. Like if yeah. you're clinging on to those things, that tells a story. That tells that there's a neediness, that there's a lack of courage, and there's just a misguided sense of what's important and what's not. I think you hit it right on the head, brother. 
and and humility to realize I can't do everything, which is hard for yeah. me sometimes because I want to cover all bases. And then I have to realize to myself, when I come home at six o'clock or whatever, the energy is low, you know, the energy is being given out. And so I got to decide where does the energy flow, you know, where the energy flows, you know, and that's wherever your attention goes, the energy flows, right? And so you want to put your attention in the right places. So that's the one thing. The other one was, guys, I think that a measure of success is progress. And I think Joshua just touched on it there and I jumped on a little bit, but we, we're not going to go from zero to hero. And we're not going to go, like Joshua says, we're not going to go from angry, selfish, egotistical dad to, you know, kind, gentle, patient dad in, in a short space of time. It's going to take a long time. These are either most likely from wounds from our childhoods. And if you're at my age already, that's a long time of reinforcement. So, you know, I look at the gym, like progress is going from two to three pull-ups, right? Progress is going from 10 to 12 push-ups, you know, going from benching to 40 to 50 kilograms or 40 to 45 or even 40 to 41, right? That's progress. And that is where you you look at success as in like, what am I heading towards where we create our vision and stuff? Yes, that's the goal. That's That's where my measure is. I want to be that kind of father, that kind of husband. I want to have that kind of house even, that kind of atmosphere. But I'm more about the atmosphere. So you, I want that atmosphere in my house. I want that feeling when I step in my garden, visceral emotion, feelings, you know. But in the meantime, the measure of a success is when you get into bed and you sit, sit in your journal in the night and you're like, man, that man, that went better. Like, yeah, I got a little bit upset there. Like I talked about it the other day. Like, so I used to blow my, blow my lid and go all off. But today I just got a little bit angry and, you know, didn't swear. <laughs> and today I reprimanded my child, but I managed to just, you know, grit my teeth and say it like this instead of yelling. These are the, these are the progress. You're not going to go from one thing yeah. to the complete opposite in a day. And so let's measure our success in those ways. Let's set our vision. Let's get connected with our core values. But then let's be, I don't want to say realistic, but let's be, let's be, cognizant and self-aware of where we are at and, and where we're going today, because that is the measure of success is that I have progressed just that little bit today, that I've been a little bit more calm. I've been a little bit more yeah. loving. I've started to do that one act of kindness for my wife. You're not going to go into big, I mean, we have this all the time, right? We talk with the guys, we talk with other guys, you know, you're not going to go from a cold, icy relationship to super romance in a week or two, or even a month, maybe it's going to maybe take a long time. And if we are, going to get let down because we're measuring our success against this really, you know, delusion of grandeur almost that maybe is in the future, but for now it's a delusion of grandeur. You're not going to get there now. Then what happens? We give up. Oh, I'm not successful. Screw that. Oh, there's that girl at work. Oh, she's looking at me like this. You know what I mean? And yeah. then, then the whole thing falls apart because you're making it too big. So that's my input and where I'm at is to try and look at my progress like that. And you said one thing to yourself that was very good, and then I'll hand over to you to just wrap it up here. Finally, um, was about the beating yourself up part. That is success. When you can start making mistakes, change them, but not beat yourself up about them anymore. When you can actually look at yourself in the mirror and go, Tom, that was really wasn't the right thing to do without that berating, without that looking down on yourself, without breaking yourself down, and just go, okay, it's the learning versus failure perspective. Yeah, it's when we, it's the language we use, right? It's the, I'm a shitty dad versus, you know what, today, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't as strong as I could be. 
we, we don't need to own that. I mean, we need to own it in terms of what can we do about it? And how do we get better? But the minute we start to articulate, like I am this thing, I am, I am, I am, yeah, it just labeling. gets into our DNA Yeah, and, and we just have to back off. But yeah, we're, um, and that's the thing though, that I want to also clarify, I think, because I didn't always get this is beating myself up. Isn't strength. I think it's the easy way. It's the easy path that makes us feel better in the moment because we're at least trying to acknowledge that we don't like the way we were acting or we don't like what we were doing. But it really is the easy path. And if you, you've you listened to us long enough, you'll know we always say, take the harder path. And if that's harder to be kind to yourself and do a deep dive at the end of the day, you know, after action review, have a look down what was going on and move forward with, with, you know, deliberateness and kindness, that's the harder path than sitting back and just ripping into yourself. It might make you feel good in the short run and take it for what it's worth. Even in that, you have to be kind to yourself. I do that because I really want to feel better or I, because I want to get better. Okay. So then let's actually do something different than just beat the hell out of ourselves because our family's going to learn that they're going to see that and you know do you want your kids to talk about themselves like that do you want your wife to talk to themselves like that of course not so you go back to that analogy of they're always watching they're always learning it's so much easier to say yep that wasn't my best day what was the issue how did it start what do i need to do differently just show up and be better. Mm. Progress. I think that is progress. I think part of part of part of measuring success is learning to fail. You know what I mean? It's learning to make mistakes and just go on. You know, and we hear these things over and over. And uh, gents, you know, if you're listening, obviously we don't have all the answers. You can tell. You know, we're still on this journey. We're still figuring out, and that's why we find it so beneficial to have these conversations because then you can unpack these things in depth, and you can unpack them with other guys, and other guys can just shed a little bit of light, a little bit of light there. You know, when you when you're isolated and all you do is hang out with the bros at the bar and talk about, you know, the weather and small talk and stuff, you're never going to get there. You're only going to get there when there's no holds, bars, vulnerability, putting it all out on the table and letting other people look at it <laughs> as, as, as scary as it might be, because that's where you start to cut the bullshit out, where you start to cut your own mental bullshit out, where you're playing games, you know what I mean? Where you're playing those verbal games and those mental games where you're convincing yourself that everything's okay or that this isn't something you need to change. And so, you know, once again, we just say to you guys, you know, if you want to join a group, there's ours. But, you know, if you don't join our group, go join another group. But really start doing the work and get in there. If it is our group that you want to join, then it's it's um, the complete dad network on Mighty Networks where we do exactly this, um, where you can start to unwrap yourself. You know, you can listen to a million podcasts and you can read a lot of books, but you're the one that has to do the work. You're the one that has to get out there and sit and think. And you got to stay tight, start taking time. So start cutting out all the noise and cutting out all the bullshit. I can say that's the first, I'd say if there's one thing you can do after this podcast takeaways, start cutting out the unnecessary. Start cutting out the unnecessary yep. things that are definitely not success. Let's start there. And then we can start defining what success. Because it's interesting, isn't it funny that when you start to get rid of the things that are not that thing, that it leaves space and mental clarity to actually find what is oh, yeah. measure of success. Well, I've been, I've been chatting with a buddy of mine who wants to join it and, and he won't mind me saying this because I'll be honest, I've had this conversation a hundred times though. Is he saying, ah, oh, you know, I'm going to join. I just, I have so much on my plate. I got so much going on. <laughs> I'm like, you don't understand. Like, this is the path to the slipstream. This is the path 
to sorting all that shit out. It's, it's to me, it's akin to saying, I'll go to the gym once I get in shape. It's like, and I get it. You don't want to overcommit. And you know, there's one call Wednesday mornings, 5 a.m. Eastern. Yep. It's early. Get up anyway, get her done. Um, you know, chatting and engaging inside our group and keeping it going yeah. this conversation. And hopefully my buddy's smiling. Cause we talked about the last couple of days is I hear you, but this is the path to getting all that shit organized. People, you know, I, to give myself a small compliment, people routinely ask, how the hell do you get so much done in a day? Mm-hmm. Join our group. <laughs> because the framework that I've used, that you and I have built over time, like yeah, exactly. literally we sat down and we've said this before, let's take what's worked for us and put it together into something that we can help other guys mm-hmm. do this. Yeah. The shit that we do and that we preach and that we talk about in here is exactly the things that I did that allow me to get as much stuff done in my day. And and I'm happy. There's a lot of time dedicated to my family, to downtime, to reading mm, books. Yeah. I get to watch a TV show in the evening with my wife. Like this is not hustle culture. No, no, it exactly. is not anti-hustle culture. Yeah. It is like, let's get efficient. Yeah. Let's work smart, not extra hard. And actually, believe it or not, start enjoying life because as we've said before what the hell is the point of all of this ride if you don't have a little bit of fun along the way and fuck that a lot of fun mm-hmm. i like to have a lot of fun i'm not in this to get myself busier yeah i like that i like that whole that you know this i've got so much on my plate and i'm like well what's on your plate what's the quality of what's on your plate how big is your plate what shit is on your plate that's rotting? Like, what do you need to get rid of your plate? Do you know what I mean? That's, that's not a plate. That's a platter. <laughs> exactly, dude. But it's that's the thing. It's like we want to we want to like avoid doing the things. It's that same as the meditation. You know, if you if you can't meditate for ten minutes, then you need to meditate for twenty. It's like if you yeah. if you've got too much on your plate, then you need to do something that's going to start uh, cleaning it up and getting the quality. You know, like we want grade A steak on that plate. You know what I mean? That's how it is, 100%. and that's what starts to happen. And it's true. And guys, just one last thing is there's no promises here of like overnight success or eight weeks to freaking the complete man or complete that. That shit doesn't exist. This is the long term. It's a long goal. The guys that have joined have been with us for over a year now, and it's still learning all the time. And I think that's the thing that we do in our culture as well. We think success is like an eight-week thing. It's like, you know what I mean? Because we get sold that. We're like, oh, this is success. It's like, no. It's it's recovering ourselves, and that takes a long time. And then it's walking with our wives and children, but then walking with other gents along the way and brothers that can really guide us and form those relationships. And as I said, with a group, it's relationships that are formed. It's the connection, right? And so having those yep. connections work. So thanks, guys, for listening. Really stoked. Give us a rating and a review. Share this podcast. Podcast is growing again. It's great to see it um, I'm hitting that, and I'm going to be bringing out a new one, Joshua, that I need to chat to you about which is uh, conversations with my son, which I'm going to start doing with my son on, on the weekends and putting that Love out it. and maybe we can get your son involved as well. Cause I think that's, that's I really used to do those. As well. conversations with Caleb. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's roll. So thanks Joshua. Have an awesome evening and everybody else uh, take care and uh, keep working on being the complete man to be the complete dad. Ciao.